Luck be a lady. Michael, you're in Vegas, my friend. How are you? Are we not going to start it with like the normal thing? Or are you I was going to go straight into I it. I was going to do it later, but we, we you ruined okay. it. We did. We're 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 doing something new. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know how to start. This Welcome back you to just, Trends you and Low threw, Places, you threw me off a completely. comedic exploration of the dumb stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing, and I am the Siegfried to his Roy. Michael Howard. Oh man, which one? <laughs> which one got eaten by a tiger? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Okay, I didn't look into it. I just I was trying to think of a Vegas Vegas duo. I guess I could have gone Donnie and Marie. Uh, I would have gone. I'm the Cirque to his Soleil. Oh, that've been good. Weird. A little bit French. Gonna freak you out. We're not that French. Never mind. <laughs> Michael, how's it going, bud? Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, like you said, I am, I'm on the road for this one. Yeah. Calling it's a road, it's a road game for me. Calling in from Sin City, the devil's town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I almost made the terrible mistake of being sober for this, but then I saw that there was a liquor store. So. So that's why we're starting 45 minutes late. God. Exactly. Well, I my- was like, it's going to be very weird doing this sober. And then I was like, it's also weird that I'm in Vegas sober. And I was like, I need to rectify both of those things. Yeah, you're doing two things poorly right now. Exactly. Um, well, Michael, this is um, a bit of a uh, curveball for both of us. I am in a brand new recording studio, as it were. I mm. I spent the weekend moving to a new apartment. Um, so if everything sounds bad this week, it's because Michael's in Vegas in a rando hotel room and I am in a brand new apartment with no soundproofing and neighbors who have no compunction about stomping with their heels on everything. So, welcome but to the no show. Train. No, no train. Tra- no train. So, although, you know, that played a, a, a lot smaller role in this podcast than I thought it would. We only had random trains here and there. That's true. Very That's few true. interruptions from the train. It was always on its best behavior when we decided to record, which I, I must yeah. thank CSX probably. I don't know. And if it if it all sounds very good, then I guess I'll just have to do all of the podcasts you'll, for Vegas. You'll no, have I'm... to stay in Las Vegas. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'll, Darn it. I'll come out and do. we'll do some road episodes. I'll join you. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure those would be very good episodes. Probably the best. Probably <laughs> the best. We'll just watch movies, yell at each other, gamble, and pretty soon I'll have no money because that's how I do in Vegas. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, um, so what? very interesting thing on my way to Vegas. So you know how in Vegas, in the airport, they have uh, like slot machines and stuff so you can feel the entire Vegas experience from the time you land, right? Yeah, but it's from my experience, they're mostly on the way out. Like I only see well, I mean, them. You pass them on the way in. Too. Yeah, true. But when I when I leave you my get plane, the ding, 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 of the of the the slot machines. And we've we've talked about this before a little bit. When I'm on a plane, my only goal is to get off the plane, and then once I'm off the plane, <laughs> my only goal is to get out of the fucking airport as quickly as possible. So even the jingle jangle of Vegas slot machines could not deter me from getting as quickly to my friends and to an actual real. Big boy casino. Oh, of course. I mean, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to stop. And but I like the I like the atmosphere. As soon as you land, it's like a party. Yeah, you're in right? Vegas, like, no matter what. There are there are literally like thousands of slot machines, and I think one or two of them might be in use at any given time. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a Vegas experience before I even left Chicago. It was pretty great. Really, really. What yeah. did you What did you do? Uh, well, I got the uh, a free TSA groping. Oh, so you got not really a Vegas experience, just more like a uh, Sheboygan experience. 
Well, I assume I assume that it was like when you go to a strip club in Vegas. You know, they give you the the free groping, and then he asked me if I needed a private groping. Um, groping. Right. And you're like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm married, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm cool here. I only brought twenty. Yeah, bucks. no, I don't, I'm not going up to the private room. I I don't. I don't have any cash. I on only me. I only bought money for the two drink cover, so I'm I'm set <laughs> actually. I'm good. Yeah. And the reason for this groping was because of this freaking microphone that I had to carry with me to do this road podcast. So I yeah. hope you're happy. I America. Will, I will say so I've gotten I've traveled twice with this microphone, both times to Chicago, I think, to record with you. And I did get stopped by the TSA, I think because of the very, very heavy metal bass that accompanies this uh, blue mm-hmm. microphone. It could definitely be a bludgeoning weapon. I, I <laughs> you know, I, I don't fault anyone for taking or like taking a second look at it. But the last time I was stopped by the TSA and had my bag searched was for I went to Pittsburgh with my dad and my brother. Because uh, my dad just has a goal to like see a, as many like, major league baseball stadiums as he can, so we went to Pittsburgh, saw a Pirates game, and I bought a little wooden bat, like a you know fourteen inch bat to take back as a gift for someone. I used to love those when I was a kid. Yeah, everyone did. They're great. And um, the TSA s- confiscated it as a weapon and just threw it <laughs> in a trash can. It's like, like they confiscated the bat. Yes, the six inch particle board baseball bat. They took it because it was a weapon. Okay, sure. Um, and yet I walked onto my airplane, as did you, with a, I'm going to go ahead and say two-pound metal, like, studded base yeah. for this this podcast, Mike. All I'm saying is TSA can eat a million dicks. Well, I also have steel-toed shoes with me as well because I'm going to, a, I was at a shop where, you know, we do, like, metalworking and stuff. Um, I could have kicked the shit out of someone with those steel toes. No one cared about that. Right. Um, and I just like, if someone, I'm just trying, I was trying to think through like the scenario of someone trying to take down a plane with a like 14 inch wooden bat, like the size of your thumb. And just like, how does that end? Well, like that, that ends perfectly fine for every passenger of that plane. Like someone gets a mild bruise on their arm and that's it. Oh, but wait, what if you break the bat over your knee. Now you have two shards of bat. Right. Now you stab. So those get stuck in two different people. At most, two people <laughs> get hurt. Um, also, have you, Michael, I'll be honest. Have you tried to break a bat, even a small one the size of your thumb over your knee? Uh, I have not. Yeah. I you, feel like it would hurt yeah, a lot. Good luck. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so have you actually had the pleasure of having the full TSA pat down. Not like the one where you, you, you get the the random check, but where they, they think you honestly might have something. Uh, no, because I am, one, very white. Two, mm-hmm. like, I always, I have this, like, fantasy in my head that, like, hey, I'm going to pull up Ron Paul and people and really just be <laughs> like, yeah, read the Fourth Amendment, assholes. You can't search this. Like, and then I don't because I'm just like, no, nah, just I'll let them see my dick in that like backscatter X-ray thing, mm-hmm. and then I'll just be fine. Um, so no, I never have. Uh, yeah, I never they, have gotten they the get full all up, They get all up ins and arounds you, yeah. Um, and they tell you what like what they're doing, and the entire time he was telling me what he's going to do, and then while he was doing it, I just stared directly into his eyes, and he mm-hmm. would not look at me in the eyes. Like, like did I you was very lean- polite and. Did you lean your head down oh, yeah. towards him to like follow his eyes? Yeah, I would like while he was down, like while I was down there, I was just staring at him. And every time he would, he would like pass my eye contact. I'd just be staring into his eyes. So what? What? What was his? So as you were doing an ocular pat down of him, what was his verbal pat down of you? What was he telling you? 
He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my, the front of my hands on, on your non-private parts, and then the back of my hands on your private parts, and then I'm gonna go up your leg, and then I'm gonna go up your other leg, and I'm gonna get all up in your business, and I, and I was like, yeah, great, okay, sure. Should, should I take my <laughs> pants off now, or do you take my pants off for me? Uh, cause one way or another, I'm gonna show you my dick, Mr. TSA agent. You've asked for yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Michael, that's that sounds like a real nightmare factory. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I, whatever. I probably might have made a big deal out of it if I wasn't traveling for work. And if I missed my flight because I was an asshole at the airport, I'd probably get in trouble with work. But <laughs> Yeah, I guess you've only been there for two weeks. It's not the time now, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Well, Michael, speaking of assholes, uh, I know you've been traveling a little bit and you've had a lot going on. Have you heard about the new show Confederate on HBO coming out? I very briefly saw something on Twitter about the new show from the from the showrunners from Game of Thrones, and I was very excited, and then I heard it was called Confederate. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about the story that goes along with the name Confederate? Because, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, it ain't great, my friend. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, it's like if the South actually did secede and it's taking place in either present time or future times. So present or future times, South did not lose the Civil War. It's set during the third American Civil War. And the South mm. is, uh, you know, still has slaves. Slavery is a, quote, modern institution, which I don't necessarily know what that means. Uh, although I could probably guess by looking at <laughs> Cutter and their uh, World Cup uh, bid. Um I gotta tell you, holy crap, this is just, like, it's so, it's the two guys who do Game of Thrones, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, both white, I think all the executive producers are white, and they don't necessarily have the best track record of anything with Game of Thrones, like, at all, even the only black people on the show are either a pirate, they have, they had one rich guy who tried to betray a white girl, um, Mm -hmm. Or slaves. He got murdered by dragons, right? Uh, no, he got locked into a vault. Um, mm, that's right. Or they are freed s- slaves who were freed by a white girl and see her as a savior figure. So not a whole lot of, like, great representation going on. And even with, like, women stuff, you know, they've been yelled at before about mm. how they represent certain things. And then... Oh, and the, the, the sexual assault. Right, that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah just, like... And then even, uh, so I don't want to do too many spoilers for this week's episode. If you haven't seen the last, the I latest... haven't seen it yet. Don't tell me anything. I will stab you through this computer. Okay. Then I won't say it, but I will say, <laughs> uh, they have a great, great moment, which like, which they like kind of tout as like great female representation. And then like no sooner than 10 minutes later, they just dump it on his head and like forget uh... about everything they just did. So it's just like, okay, guys. You're cool. So I can't think I don't, of a time. I'm just saying I don't trust them to respectfully and like appropriately manage the themes that they're clearly going for in this show. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a time that I read about something and was immediately excited, like pretty excited. I was like, oh, I, lo- I love Game of Thrones. I-, I feel like they could do another show that might be pretty good. And then from that high, as high as that as I was there, I was like 10 times lower when i real when i saw what it was called and what it was about like it, it was i don't think i've ever gone from yeah and literally within the same sentence like a headline it was like yes. game of thrones yes. showrunners announced new show comma great 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 comma confederate oh no oh, no <laughs> what'd you do and yeah. they, uh, 
Yeah, it was a bad one all around. Especially in like this like political climate, you know, where like a lot of states are are having to fight to get rid of Confederate um, statues, and you know, you had this the Confederate flag uh, on several state houses and stuff like that. It's just like you Game of Thrones, as good as it is, it's not it's not very nuanced, and no. a show that is called Confederate about a what if the South did not secede and they still had slaves, I think requires a nuanced approach that mm, the Game of Thrones people just don't have. No. And, like, particularly, like, you're right, in a, in a time where, one, like, we've actually made some strides to, like, remove Confederate monuments against a lot of public, like, you know, outcry from shitheads. Mm-hmm. Like, one, why, like, purposely bring that imagery back into the public eye? And two... With just white people running the show uh, <laughs> to like really exploit like black pain, like, you know, real shit that has gone on in that community for no reason. And like, just like, like again, like HBO does a lot of like good stuff around about like the prison system, like they do documentaries, mm-hmm. like, like it or not, black slavery as a modern institution kind of sort of exists today still. Yeah. Like, you know, and I don't know. It, it just seems like a massively stupid idea. And like, I, I don't know why these two morons thought it would be a good idea, like, that it would be well-received. They're like, yeah, we're just going to do a show. Everyone's going to love it. Uh, you know, the only thing I can think is that they were watching Man in the High Castle, which is the what if that, you know, Germany and Japan won, won World War II. Right. And they split up America. But that at least happens, like, in the direct aftermath of that, you know? So it's like, what if this had happened and now we're in the 50s and this is this is what the situation is? Not like... We're in present times. Let's conjecture what might have happened in the last 200 years and fill it all in for you. Right. That's like, I'm not a huge fan of alternate histories in general. I, I just think they're kind of silly. But the thing is with that, like, it's easy if you do not sojourn. I'm pretty sure Man in the High Castle went off the rails after they got like a new showrunner in season three. But like, Nazis are bad guys. Like, you have an inherent bad group of people, like, <laughs> right. who are, like, obvious villains. With this, I mean, obviously, like, slave owners are the bad guys, but I'm sure 100% of the show will try to, like, make them sympathetic in some way that does not need to be done at all. Um, it just, I don't know, it just seems like one of those things where, like, it doesn't need to be done. No one, no one is asking for a <laughs> alternate confederate, like, history of the world. No. Nobody was clamoring for yeah. this. All right, Michael. Well, I think we've yeah, talked still about still no one is. Yeah, I think we've talked about that enough. What do you got for me? Um, I have a great. I wouldn't say it's a listener submission. This person has listened to the show before. We have talked about it. Um, I have a story that my mom turned <laughs> told me about. Yep. Was she? Um, was she's like? I wish she did. She ask you to not curse while you tell the story. She didn't, and she didn't actually bring up the story. As like, oh, I think you should talk about this on your podcast. She happened to mention this story and I was like, oh shit, I'm talking about this on the podcast and I'm going to credit you. And she said, okay. <laughs> well, tacit <laughs> approval. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Howard. So we were talking, I don't even remember exactly how I got on the topic. We were talking about uh, uh, either the art industry or the fashion industry and how like people just come up with really weird shit, right? For, for fashion... Um, like runways, yep. like stuff that people wouldn't actually wear. Um, or like, and like, or people will see a, a person on the red carpet wearing a designer and we have to pretend like, oh, that dress is not terrible just because it was made by somebody who's famous, right? Sure. 
So, well, I, so I've been told before, by the way, that like the fashion for those shows is not meant to be worn. It's just meant to be shown, which I don't I don't understand that. That no. that is so stupid to me. Like, why? why? Okay. Yeah. And if that's the case, you... why isn't everyone just in Transformer outfits nonstop? <laughs> I'm going to send you uh, a link, and then I want you to, to read the, the headline. Okay. All right. Designer nipples set to be the troubling cosmetic trend of 2017. The worrying surgery is said to be driven by celebrities wearing see-through dresses. Yeah, so apparently... There is a trend of celebrities wearing see-through dresses on red carpets or to events. Sure. And um, normal people, well, I say normal, uh, they're clearly not that normal, uh, want to be able to wear these dresses as well, but they're worried about what their nipples look like Sure. in the see-through dresses. So um, they're going to cosmetic surgeons yeah. and asking to have their nipples fixed. I guess I'm not sure what a what, like a good nipple looks like. I mean, so I've read there's a quote here from the doctor who's been performing a lot of these. Dr. Rowe, he says, for want of a better word, they want headlights. <laughs> Wait, so they want like big nipples? I think just like nice pokey ones. OK, so like the opposite of what normally you might want, because like I get very embarrassed if I'm wearing a semi tight shirt and like my nipples get hard. And they're poking through. Right. Well, so, Michael, I'll be very honest. I face the opposite problem. I got I got some nice puffy bad boys on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for me, I just want some nice regular, just like a little, little, little tip there, here and there. But, you know, just nice and tight. I don't got those. Mm. I got uh, mm. I got puffy bad boys on my chest. So, uh, you know, yeah. I kind of see where they're coming from. I think I think people, they just want some designer, nice pokey nipples. <laughs> they want my spoky nipples. Yeah, uh, they can show off show off through their uh, their dresses and shirts. I feel like just a nice, subtle nip is what you're going for. You don't want anything blazing out there. You know, you don't want to be like poke anybody's eye out, but you, you want it to be something. Uh, just let, them, let them know they're there, but just you know, nice and subtle. So yeah, there is yeah. Another quote from this Dr. Norman Rowe: Nothing is above cosmetic surgery now. People are looking at every detail. It's not enough now to get a breast augmentation or rhinoplasty. Women want to fine-tune every element. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, like, the, the first part of that quote, though, that nothing is above cosmetic surgery, is like, yeah, we all knew that when we saw Nip Tuck. Those guys were getting up to all <laughs> sorts of hijinks. Nothing <laughs> nothing was off limits. They, they would do whatever it takes. Yeah, I mean... I- <laughs> The best, I mean, the best part about this story was the fact that apparently my mom was was on top of this and knew yeah, about just, this story, and I didn't. She, I mean, you know, people care I about do different have to things. Say, I do have to say, she did make me say that she was not considering this. This is not why she knew about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair. Okay. <laughs> she didn't want our listeners to think that she was going to get nipple surgery. Fair. Okay. So, um, mom, mom, rest assured that our listeners do not think that you were going to get nipple surgery. Well, Michael, there is something I do have to. Man, I did not expect this this episode to take this uh, hard left turn into nipples, but <laughs> man, we're going to talk about some stuff now. Um. So. Oh no. On this article, there's another headline. Uh, says the odd thing Japanese men are doing to their nipples to attract women. So can we? Can I guess at what it might be? Yes, please go ahead. Are they, are they like... Slicing them up. Uh, 
No, we're not slicing them off. That would be gross. Listen, Japanese game shows are real, man. Don't. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're they're putting cups on them to make them puffy because they would like their nipples to be puffy like yours, Kush. Oh, okay. Actually, very close because. Oh. So no, what you said about you didn't want you know your nipple to be hard and showing through your shirt. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, Japanese women, if they're on a date with a man. They become disgusted when they realize she can see his nipples through his T-shirt. Which, one, by the way, what kind of guy is wearing a T-shirt to a first date? Come on, man. Um, But men have started wearing nipple covers, so their date will fall head over heels for him. (laughs) Um, So they've sold more than 55,000 units. I I assume that's 55,000 pairs. Um, The nipple covers are applied like plaster, and they're water-resistant. They were originally designed for joggers to Oh, yeah, avoid, so you don't get the chafing To avoid chafing, yet. but now it's just to avoid uh, Japanese women being disgusted when they see their nipples poking their shirt because apparently 84% of women did not want to see men's nipples through their shirts at work, which I do think it applies directly to the last story, too, about, like, if someone is wearing just a random dress, maybe no one really actually wants to see that nippy, but, you know, whatever. Um... Sorry, they had they collected the top ten responses to male nipples, which okay, I, I got to tell you the so this is from the <laughs> this is from uh, the Independent uh, in the UK. Uh, they go out of their way to say here here's a quote: "These were the top ten reactions to male nipples, which let's remember are totally normal, natural body parts." So, <laughs> hey, hey, Independent, you can't just say that and then I'm sure have 19,000 articles exploiting women's nipples like, oh, I can see a pokey through that ba- that bikini. Yeah, and I mean, they are normal, like everyone has them, but they're kind of just unnecessary on men. So I kind of get it, yeah, I no, guess. Yeah, why, why, why do nipple on men? Uh, Michael, can I read? But like, wait, but can we, I just want to go back, so... This is a plaster? It's a plaster. Because they put on their nipples. Yes. And it's water resistant, so they could, like, they could, like, technically go swimming and and not be wearing a shirt with plaster on their nipples. Is it, like, nipple colored? Or is it, like, I don't know. They don't have pictures of it. They mostly just have a video of a woman who's smiling and then looking disgusted at at the (laughs) nipple. At the nipple of the shirt. Um... Can I... Michael, can I tell you the top ten reactions to male nipples? From Japanese women? <laughs> yes, please do. Okay, number one, I can't help but feel uneasy. Number two, it's gross. Number three, it's like they don't care about those around them. Number four, I instinctively can't accept it. Five, it bums me out. Six, they seem oblivious, even at work. Seven, I don't want to associate with them. Eight, and this is important. <laughs> wow. They, they come across as unreliable. Nine, they feel unhygienic. Unreliable? Yes. Unreliable and unhygienic. And then number 10, I hope I never see them again. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you can't control, you can't control when your nipples get hard. You just can't. Yeah, sometimes it's cold. Sometimes, I don't don't even know. Who knows? That would be like, that would be like faulting a 13-year-old boy for having a random boner. Yeah, you You just can't. can't. They can't control it. Sometimes you just, you just stand up from your desk in class and you have a boner and you're like, oh, I gotta get... You need to, like, throw your book bag in front of you. You're like, I got to get my history book out. And I just walk through the hallway with that boner, with my backpack in front of it. And no one notices except they all fucking do because you're 13 Everyone and you have knows. a boner and your history book is in your locker. And they all know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I feel like we learned a little bit more about Michael Cushing right there. Oh no, that was a that was a uh, alternate history of of oh, somebody. Was that, yeah, was that hypothetical? Yeah, no, that was that wasn't real. How dare you, <laughs> Michael? Do you know about? Do you the- get punished in Christian school if you have have a boner? Um, no, they just ignore it if you're a man. They're just like, okay, okay, boys will be boys. Uh, but if you're a girl and show any sign of sexuality, you will be kicked out of school forever. That's how that works. Yeah, I mean, that's natural. Yeah. Michael, do you know what the hottest new new meme is on social media? Uh, no. Somebody lighting themselves on fire? Oh, no. Although, in, in this case, I kind of wish it was. It's called the hashtag drive-by dunk challenge. Drive-by dunk. Yeah. So, what would you assume that was? I assume that it would be, like, you're driving by and the passenger jumps out while the car's still rolling and dunks on some fools, kind of like a drive-by, like, shooting would be. Yeah. But, like, a dunking instead. No, unfortunately, it is very much a bunch of white kids park their car outside of a driveway that has a basketball hoop in the front driveway. Okay. The driver stops the car, parks it. Uh, runs out while the passenger films generally a white kid running up and dunking on the basketball court, usually losing their ball, and uh, then slowly returning to the car, and then they drive away. There's Wait, so nobody else is... It's not like no, it's an other ent- people are playing basketball and they just, like, steal the ball and dunk on them? No, it's literally they trespass on someone's property for 30 seconds, and then they leave the, They leave very peacefully. It's but the that, it's the dumbest meme. It's dumber than planking, which takes a lot but, of work. That's like... Like drive, like well, you wouldn't call it a drive-by parking challenge if you like drove into other people's driveways and then parked there for a half second and then backed out. This is essentially someone walking onto like my parents' front yard and standing there for twelve seconds and then slowly, <laughs> like slowly walking <laughs> off back onto the sidewalk or like the swale. Like that's it. So, but yeah, yeah. Especially like, God damn it. Like I could see this if. If there was the, I don't want to, I mean, public safety is critically important, but if you wanted this to be a challenge, you leave the car rolling in gear and the passenger stays in the car. Yeah. Well, like a drive by shooting is you not, you don't stop the car. You keep rolling. Like, especially like there's no challenge to this because most, most front yard basketball courts are set for kids. So they're set to like eight feet. Any, any moron can dunk on an eight foot around. What I think it should be is you have to be in the car by yourself. You have to set up the camera mm-hmm. to watch you. You get out while the car's still rolling. You're still filming. You dunk. Uh, it has to be somebody. You have to steal the ball from people playing basketball. You have to dunk on them, and then you get back in your car. Without getting your you, ass beat. Right, and you drive away. Yep. I, I'm okay if there's a passenger filming you, possibly getting your ass beat. But the car better be rolling. The car best be rolling. You got yeah. to be rolling down that road. Um, yeah. But yeah, like this is uh, this is like the most suburban white sh- like white kid shit I've ever seen in my life. And like I will be honest with you, I've checked a couple articles of this. Almost all of them have like they start a video compilation with one black kid. Like the one <laughs> black kid who's ever done this challenge is dunking, and then it's all <laughs> honkies left and right. <laughs> you know what this just reminded me of? though and then i'm gonna have to go do now immediately drive by roulette <gasps> that's the game i'm well acquainted with michael you know how i do i know and i'm gonna have to go and and just drive by roulette some bitches michael can you just for you kush okay first roll can you put a uh, 20 on red please on red on red all right let's let's change it up what happens if i win do i let it ride yeah obviously how long do i let it ride for <laughs> twice 
All right. I let it ride twice. Um, You're going to be $80 richer, my friend. Oh, man. I can't wait. Um, well, Michael, man, what do we want to talk about? Oh, actually, I got a mystery for you. So we talked about previously in my, uh, my in my office, mm-hmm. in the restroom specifically, I discovered a small pile of beach sand just sitting <laughs> yes. in the middle of- In the bathroom. Yes, in the middle of the bathroom. Yep. Well, it happened again, but this time there was a trail. A trail of beach sand. A trail of beach sand leading out from the, the stall, not leading into the bathroom- Someone walked into the bathroom and then Andy Dufresne their way out of it. <laughs> there were like successively small piles of sand leading from the stall to the door. None in the hallway. Is there a is there a is there a pinup girl poster in the stall? Yeah, there, and somebody is trying to burrow their way. There out. is a Rita Hayworth poster just sitting in there. No one knows what it's from. But yeah, what the shit, man? I I think somebody's very dehydrated. And they're just, they're literally pissing clouds of, of beach sand. Yeah, they're sand. pissing clouds of sand. And then, you know what? They're just like, I'm tired of standing here at the stall. Or at the, yeah, I'm tired of sitting here at the stall. I'm going to just walk my way out. I guess. That could be it. Probably not wrong. No, I have no idea. That is fucking absurd. Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, I just, I mean, I don't know. That, I don't have too much more to share on it. It just, I, it happened the other day. It happened on Thursday. I've been waiting to tell you for four days now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Like, is there is there like a playground near you that maybe they go and like walk through a a sand pit? We're literally in the middle of Midtown. The only like even grass around us is actually astroturf because half of our building is apartments for you know so so dogs can pee there. It's just astroturf. There is no sand, no beach, no clay even within a country <laughs> mile of us. We're in the concrete jungle, Michael. Is where dreams are made up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, is it possible that that the person who uh, left the original sand is a Trends in Low Places fan, and now they're just fucking with you? I don't know. I've gone to like fairly great lengths to make sure my my coworkers never find out about <laughs> find out about this show. So, yowzer Bowser. I hope not. But if they like are using your fake using the fake name of Michael Cushing as opposed to your real name of Mike Cushing, Michael Mushing, Mike Cushing, <laughs> Mike Cushing. <laughs> All right, what do we want to talk about, Michael? So I have another story that um, kind of came to me uh, in a dream, unexpectedly. No, well, not in a dream. It was over tacos, but um, <laughs> our good, our good friend and, and fellow podcaster Marissa, yeah, who does uh, the M and K Talk YA mm-hmm. podcast. What, what book are they reading now? Uh they are on. I don't remember. Great plug. To be honest, let's move on. Yep, uh, they're on the second part of the Golden Sun, uh, which is part of the Red Rising trilogy. Oh, dude, that trilogy rules! I apparently there's horse operas. Uh, hold- Wait, I don't remember that one. I read that trilogy. I don't remember a fucking horse opera. Um, no, nah, actually, I do. Uh, man, I'm surprised that that be a uh, YA series. That's not. Uh, they could they touch on some pretty adult themes in that bad boy. But it's a it's a good one, Michael. You'd like that series. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 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 working my way through. I don't always read the books. I just sometimes listen along just to see what's going, what's happening. Well, it's a kind of like we it's kind of like we tell people you could you could listen to us talk about 24 without watching 24. Yeah, that's very fair. You know? 
Well, I, I, I very much like the Red Rising piece, so I am glad they're touching okay. on that one. And if you oh. haven't listened to that show, go ahead and listen. Yeah, so um, Marissa just happened to bring up this story about a woman who drowned a raccoon. Like, for fun? Uh, no. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she, enco- she was in the middle of a run. This uh, 21-year-old woman named Rachel Borch and just, in Maine. And just stopped to drown an animal? Just stopped to just drown this, drown this goddamn raccoon. No, this raccoon, she says the raccoon kind of blocked her way while she was running through the woods on, her, on, a, on a run. And kick- Which, I don't know how a raccoon blocks your way Yeah, just kick it. Woods. Kick it very hard. Right. Well, she immediately suspected that something was very wrong because this raccoon was, like, lunging at her and was, she was suspected it was rabid. So she took the time to grab it with her physical human hands and drown it? Yes. Yes. And it, it kind of like was lunging at her and she was like, I can't get away from this raccoon. So she grabbed it and it bit her on the hand and she was freaking out because it would not let her hand go and it was trying to claw her and stuff. And so she found a puddle nearby and she physically drowned the raccoon. In a puddle? In a puddle. Okay. What was this lady's name? Rachel Borch okay. of Hope, Maine. So, first of all, one, I don't know why Rachel Borch let that raccoon anywhere near her fucking hand. Exactly. Instead of all the kicking. But uh, a two, Rachel Borch is the bigger badass than I will ever be in my entire <laughs> life. Are you kidding me? If a raccoon latches up onto my hand, all I would do would freak out. I would be, I would be flailing around with my hand flying through the air, a raccoon going willy-nilly. I would never think to find a puddle to drown a raccoon in. I had, to, I had to face down a wasp in my office today. It took 10 minutes, and I eventually wound up killing it with Windex. <laughs> Can I read you a quote from Rachel Borch? I, I wish you would. I didn't think I could strangle the raccoon with my bare hands, Jesus, she told the newspaper. Jesus Christ. It was still struggling and clawing at my arms and legs, and it wouldn't let go of my thumb. Plus, I wanted to hear it die. <laughs> it says... Borch dragged the raccoon to a puddle and submerged it. After what she says felt like an eternity, the raccoon finally stopped the struggle, slowly relaxing and releasing her thumb from its mouth. Dragged a raccoon? How big was this thing? How small is she? (laughs) She's not a big person. I was telling you from the picture. Um, But the raccoon did test positive for rabies, and she did have to get rabies shots. That's not, that's not fun. That's a shot right in the tummy. Well, apparently it's not anymore. Really? We have a friend. Yeah, we have a friend who is actually getting her doctorate in uh, infectious diseases. And she told us that they can now give the, there's like a new version of the rabies shot, which is a four, four shot um, cycle series cycle where they, they can actually do the shot like where you actually got the bite. Interesting. And it's, it's the most effective that way now. But she did also tell me that rabies can lay dormant for like five to ten years, some some absurd long amount of time, and that it can then just come up. And like, if you are already showing symptoms of rabies as a human being, it's too late for you and you're going to die. Well, that's comforting. (laughs) I mean... Hey, never have friends who are studying infectious diseases because... They tell you a lot of terrible things. No, I mean... Or do, because it was pretty great. No, like, I mean, like, part of me, like, I have we have a good friend who's an ER doctor, and on the one hand, you would never believe the hijinks people get up to with their penises, 
Uh, but on the <laughs> I other, I would believe it. But though. on the other, I've read the internet. On the other, it's really funny. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't get freaked too freaked out by medical stuff. But like rabies, just seems like maybe I watched Old Yeller too much as a kid. I just I can't imagine the like having the wherewithal to. You're bitten by what you already assume is a rabid raccoon. Yeah. You have the wherewithal to to just drag the raccoon as it's on latched onto your hand and thumb to drag it into a puddle to drown it. Yeah. Like, I can't tell if she's a sociopath or she's just, like, really awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, my first reaction with anything would be to just hit this thing until it dies. Like, I would never just think to, especially a... Essentially a cat-sized creature, just to like, <laughs> I'm going to put your fucking dumb snout into a small body of water until you can't breathe anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have let it get near my hands. I would have kicked the shit out of it. Yeah. First of all. Very, very hard kicking. Yeah, like if a, if a raccoon corners me, actually, it's getting kicked. And I got to be honest with you, that makes it seem like she tried to pet it. <laughs> Now the truth comes like, out. It, no one gets bit on the hand by a raccoon unless they, like, try to pet it. Just, yeah, uh, because I don't even think they can jump that high. No, I don't think so. Maybe they climbed up and got her, but she tried to pet this bad boy. Yeah. She was like, oh, hey. Hey, little buddy. And nothing's in there wrong with that. Raccoons your head. are pretty cute. I'm not, but, like, if I came across one on a run, I'd probably kick it out of instinct. And that's that's my cross to bear, but that's that's where I'm at, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely not letting it. I'm definitely not trying to pet it. No, I ain't trying to pet shit. Although, if it was a monkey, I'm definitely trying to pet a monkey. Nah, not this guy. Faux show. You know my history of those guys. I'm not doing. Yeah, that. I'm not doing that at all. Yeah. Well, on the same topic of animals and what you probably shouldn't do with them, how do you feel about people who own chickens as pets? Not as like I own. A, I have a farm, but like. I got this chicken. It's kind uh, of my pet. I feel pretty good about it. Um, I actually had a couple coworkers when I was in Gainesville who had chickens, and they would bring uh, they'd bring eggs into the office, which is a real treat for me because I didn't have to buy eggs, mm-hmm. and they tasted really good, and they were great for baking. I heard their yards were stellar. Um, similar to like people who have goats. I don't know. It just seems like a pretty chill thing to have in your yard. Okay. Yeah, I'm it's not bad. One of our one of our friends rescued a duck at, when it was like really tiny. It had been. Um, kind of abandoned by its mom and rescued the duck. Sure. Um, and, and it's kind of been living in their house for a while, but now it's really big, so they're trying to find someone who has a more space okay. for, for the duck. Sure. Here's the problem, though. If you have a chicken, you probably shouldn't kiss it and cuddle <laughs> with it, according to the CDC. <laughs> Apparently, probably more than 100... More than 180 people have come down with salmonella from kissing and cuddling their chickens. Like a pet or just, like, sexually? <laughs> well, they say it like it's a pet, but, but, but you never know. You know it sexually. At least, I would say out of the 180, probably at least 50, there's a sexual there's a sexual content to it. Man, it's like these people just ignored the avian flu from a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think this is part of an education issue, though. Like, people don't understand how you actually get salmonella or where it comes from. <laughs> it's not from eating contaminated chicken. It's from making out with contaminated chicken. It's from it's from licking your your chicken, but like a live chicken. Yeah, like a live living bird. 
Um, <laughs> we do not recommend snuggling or kissing the birds or touching them to your mouth, says Megan Nichols, a veterinar- veterinarian with the CDC, because that is certainly one way people become infected with salmonella. <laughs> just, just one. <laughs> okay. And then we have a quote from Lynette Mackey, who, who actually owns a chicken as a pet. And she says, this is my favorite, Caledonia. Lyn- Lynette McMatkey says she holds a sturdy black and white barred rock hen. I think she's the prettiest, too. Sure. In clear defiance of the new CDC guidance issued this month against chicken-human cuddling, Caledonia is a snuggler. <laughs> God dang it. Um... <laughs> Hey Kush, what do you what do you put the percentages on? What do you put the odds on that like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of these people are white? Oh, a hundo, hundo percent, and like millennials. Um, I'd actually say not millennials. These feel more like boomers to me, baby boomers. All the pictures are of uh, young people. Oh, but I guess they could be boomers. That's interesting to me because I I feel like most of the people. I feel like it's probably a mix because I feel like there's that like new wave of uh, like agricultural folks who like millennials who are trying to like, you know, grab farmland or like do urban farming and shit. Like they'd probably really feel like the chickens have emotions that need, you know, recognizing. But I feel like boomers also like have most of like your standard chicken farmers are just like lonely old people who just like, yeah, my chickens love me. I love these guys. There's yeah, but I feel like boys. boomers under, understand that you shouldn't get too attached to the chicken because eventually you're going to have to murder and eat its sweet, sweet flesh. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking more of Gen Xers, but I feel like there's like a solid crop of like 50-year-old chicken lovers who are just like, <laughs> raising them, like, no, I love these. I love these little guys. I love NPR news stories because they are so unintentionally but also intentionally funny yeah like for example there's a there's a quote from one of the people talking about how they they're like what's the harm in you know hanging out with my chicken and npr says the cdc is arguing against this type of casual human slash chicken fraternizing (laughs) (laughs) all right so michael most of my uh that is fantastic. Um, most of my original thought was, uh, my response was, I, I googled, do chickens feel love? <laughs> <laughs> well, do they? Um, there's a forum post with, again, a an old white lady uh, about how chickens like to be petted, especially when they're young. The cuddling instinct is part of their survival method. However, uh, yeah, um, they... They're smarter than, like, lizards and snakes, but uh, they're not as uh, affectionate as dogs and cats can be. Um, mm-hmm. Their brains aren't quite there. So the way we, I think the emotions that we put onto uh, chickens in this case, <laughs> maybe they're not, ret- maybe they're not returning. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. My- so there's a map here. Michael, there's a map here Michael, on, uh, Michael, Michael, another- Michael, no, I got to stop you. I got, I have to stop you. Oh my god, please tell me. Oh, okay, so the third result for do chickens love? Would you care to guess? <laughs> that's a very that's a very wide open. Do chickens love? I'm gonna go with um somebody saying yes, um but sometimes if they peck really hard it hurts the tip of your dick. Okay. Well, you're close. Here's <laughs> here's the time Wait, did you say you're close? <laughs> Uh, yes, unfortunately. Michael, here is the title of the video. It is How to Make Love to a Chicken, published on August 27th, 2014. It has 1.6 million views. 
here's the description. Which Wait, I, is this like a furry situation or is this like a live Michael, chicken? I have not watched the video. I can't tell you how much I have not watched the video, but here is the description <laughs> of the video. Today I show you how to make love to a chicken. Let's face it, chickens are extremely sexy. So when it comes to expressing your love for your chicken, there's nothing better than giving it a good, hard, sensual banging. However, it's not as easy as you may think. This is my what the shit? This is my exposition, probably because of the cloaca. And it can also be extremely <laughs> dangerous. If I had one dollar for every time someone told me they broke their doodle in half from incorrectly sexing a chicken, I'd have like twelve dollars. So watch this video, <laughs> then you will correctly and safely know how to make love to your chicken. Enjoy. Okay. I'm gonna just hope against hope that this person is like do, do you want the best at satire is like 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 fucking Andy Kaufman levels of yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure do trolling. you, you want to watch this video with me <laughs> oh god um I don't but I kind of also do all right all right well I oh am... my god the thumbnail for it is terrific okay well hey let me know when you get past the ad for Atomic Blonde which I do want to see and yell about with I'm, you I'm ready oh yeah definitely we'll see Atomic Blonde hundred percent right. are you past the are you... all right I'm ready it's right. yeah I'm I'm past it I'm at one second all right, right three here. two one go so there's a man walking sexually okay there's a there's just a full chick. oh my god it's it's a full chicken from Publix. no it's like a it's like yeah, it's like a <laughs> that he drew eyes and a lips on. Oh god. Oh what? Oh son of a. Okay, this is terrifying. <laughs> oh god, he brought it flowers. He brought the chicken flowers with lipstick, eyes, and oh god. He also showed. <laughs> he also showed an eighteen-inch sausage length hanging down from between his naked <laughs> legs. He's adding candles, dropping some candles down. A little picnic for his. He's petting the chicken. Oh god. Oh yeah. Oh, dropping no. dropping some rose petals. Nope. Sex me. It says sex me. Oh, he's spraying it on his... He sprayed air freshener on his some, penis. Uh, yeah. Poured some oh, wine, wine. A lot of wine. For oh, himself. Oh, oh, poured, glass of, oh, poured wine on, the chicken. on the chicken. This is weird. I put it, put an egg in the chicken. Oh, Cracked there's the an egg. egg. Oh. Scrambled it. What? Wiped the egg on the chicken. This is getting... He's um, basting the chicken with on, his oh, own egg. Oh, he's shaking it. Okay. Poured some oh. massage oil on the chicken. The massage oil. Now he's <laughs> karate chopping the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> now he's massaging his own leg. Oh, nope. oh, the yep. sounds. Okay, nope. we got some Barry White playing now. <laughs> Candles burning. <laughs> chicken on a bed of rose petals. Chicken farted. Nope. Put a condom on his foot. <laughs> Jammed nope. a 18-inch summer sausage into the chicken. Uh, nope. Nope. <gasps> Jesus. Wait, he he's threatening the chicken with a broken wine glass? This is the most... Like, oh, the chicken... Oh Jesus! Oh no! What? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Oh God! Make it stop! Oh fuck! Oh God! Damn it! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit that into something listenable, but <laughs> just to uh. The last 30 seconds of Indecipherable Laughter was um, that man just <laughs> railing on a chicken, full, was, a full-grown chicken with his foot, his hand. Uh, he was doing unholy things to that chicken he threw it in a carcass. He threw it in a toilet and peed on it and then grabbed the roses and ran off to his own bedroom. Oh my god, there are so many terrible videos on the side to listen to next. There's one I, I that says it. how to masturbate that says that has 28,888,668 views. Yeah, no, I, I have that tutorial down just fine. 
All right, Michael. There's one that says how to fight a chicken, though. I'm going to definitely watch yeah, that one that's later. That's the Family Guy clip. Um, it's right. not, though. Michael, I think we're getting pretty close to time. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> um, do, you have any, do you have any final stories for me? Fuck, I can't get over that video, Kush. Oh, man, it really upset me, but okay. <laughs> um, shit, okay. Uh, no, I... I've gone through all the stuff I have, Kush. All right. Um, let's see. We can talk about... I do have... Wait, b- before we move on from the, the chicken fucking, um, <laughs> there is a map sure. of the, by state, number of outbreaks of salmonella. Sure. So, really, okay. by state, number of chicken fuckers is what yeah, you're saying. Okay, exactly. So, it. So, blue, dark blue is the most chicken fuckers. Light blue is the second most, and then it goes down from there. Yeah, you want to hit, so, hit me with that? Our biggest chicken fuckers are Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then their light blue is Virginia, North Carolina. So a lot of white people, yeah. like we were saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then also in the largest number of chicken fucker category, California, See. which I think I think tends towards the the millennial hippie. White chicken fuckers. Now, see, I man, I don't know. I feel like that's gonna again gonna be some boomer like Gen Xer like <laughs> m- like chicken fuckers. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like if millennials were gonna be fucking chickens. It'd be in like New York City, like Chicago, places with like urban farming. I feel like anyone like you know in those states you listed, and even California, they probably have some land to run around. It's mm, a good point. You know, I feel probably like, have more chickens. I think, well, to... I think millennial chicken fucking is an East Coast sort of. It's it's a it's a coastal yeah. elite bullshit sort of. Yeah, and there's not that many salmonella outbreaks, so they must be using protection. I assume. I mean, you gotta hope you don't want. Yeah, you don't want a raw dog a chicken. That's no good for anybody. <laughs> you don't want a raw chicken a chicken. <laughs> That's how you get salmonella. All right, Michael. Well, uh, you might have heard the news this week that uh, Melissa McCarthy is out of a job again. Uh, because yeah, it's pretty sad because she's such a great actress. She really is talented. Apparently, she lives in my city, right by uh, my boss, Atlanta native. Um, oh man, but, we should become friends. Uh, I'm gonna try to. But um, Mr. Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary, has uh, been fired. Um, Are we sure he just is not hiding in a bush somewhere? He could just be hiding. And I, Michael, I know we've uh, kind of just by default agreed to not talk about politics, but this story. Was kind of too funny to uh, not tell you. Um, it's very, very much along the lines of him hiding in the bushes until someone was gone. Um, this is the first three paragraphs of the story, I believe, from the Washington Post. But um, I'm going to read you the first three paragraphs. All right. Less than a month into his new job, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer needed to keep his food and drink cold. He wanted a mini fridge, much like you know Tommy Boy. <laughs> he dispatched a top aide to a nearby executive office building where junior research employees are crammed into a room, surviving on lean cuisine frozen lunches. Mr. Spicer wants your icebox, the aide said, according to people familiar with the incident. They refuse to give it up. So Mr. Spicer- Wait, who calls it an icebox? I don't know. No one's called it an icebox in 55 years. No, no one. It's a wooden crate. <laughs> it's packed with straw. <laughs> So Mr. Spicer waited until sundown after his young staffers had left to take matters into his own stand. Sorry, to take matters into his own hands. He was spotted by a fellow White House official lugging the ice box down the White House driveway after 8 p.m. 
He fucking broke in and stole some staffer's fucking mini fridge? Rather than, rather than going to Walmart or Amazon Prime in a $35, yeah, $35 like mini mini fridge. Oh, God, I'm going to miss that guy so much. Yeah, he was a hero in our time. We never ever really talked about his vendetta against uh, Dip and Dunce, the ice cream of the future. <laughs> Which really does seem like a, a tilt story if there ever was one. Well, you know what? It's the one thing that I do have to agree with him on. Like... It's been the ice cream of the future for like 25 years and, at this point. They ain't all that. They're fine. No. I mean, actually, I was at the uh, Lincoln Park Zoo not that long ago, and there was a Dippin' Dots thing, and it did not say ice cream of the future. Yeah, they're like, nah, we're over then. We're just. Yeah, we're. <laughs> the future is now, friends. We're just spheres of shit. Sorry. <laughs> I, you know what? They're, I mean, when I was a kid, I loved them, but I think because it was just because it was different. Yeah. But. I think they just didn't really taste like much. Yeah, they just, yeah, they're just... Well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us tonight on Trends in Little Places. I'm going to let you get back to your uh, sweet Vegas work adventure, and I'm going to go about soundproofing my room. But uh, thank you for joining me again, as always. And, uh, dear listener, thank you for joining us. You can find more information about this show and our sister show, The Longest Days of Our Lives, at goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. Um, we put up new episodes every week, Thursdays for this show, and usually either Wednesday or Thursday for the longest days of our lives, our 24 fan cast that we do with our friend Curtis. Um, you know, we always like to say that you can listen to that show without ever having watched or even enjoyed 24 and you'll still love it. And we actually got confirmation of that from, uh, one of our, uh, overseas listeners, my good friend, Lindsay. She, uh, told us that she really enjoyed longest days of our lives having never seen before. So, uh, even if you're not the biggest fan of that or you've never seen it, go ahead and take that a listen. And uh, and I watched I watched the latest episode on the airplane on the way here, and it is tasty. Yeah, it's a good so I'm really excited to record that tomorrow. It is a good one. And Michael, speaking of yeah. uh, that show, how can people uh, find our podcast and find us on social social media? Yeah, you can find us at TILP Cast on Twitter and the Facebooks. Um, and you can also find me and Mike on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if you don't follow us already, um. You know, you can probably just look through at TILPcast and find us on there. Um, and when we do post something on, on one of those two social media sites or on Instagram, please share it with your friends. Um, you know, leave us a comment. Um, and when you find us on your favorite podcast app, whether it's, uh, you know, iTunes, Podbean, um, you know, whatever it is, Stitcher, please leave us a rating, leave us a comment. You know, that's how other people know that we are awesome and uh, they should listen to us and give us a try. Um, and for everyone who has been sharing us recently, we've, you know, I said this last time, but we, we still keep gaining listeners, which is um, incredible to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so thank you for sharing that with all of your friends and um, maybe your enemies. I don't know. Um, but you know, thanks again. Yeah, thanks a lot. And, um, it, you know, like Michael mentioned earlier, uh, this one was from his mother, but we also, we love to hear from our listeners, whether it's a story or just a, a nice comment. So if you have something to say or you want to talk about on the show, uh, you can go ahead and shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We will either be sure to respond or add it to the show. Um, so, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us. Do you have uh, one closing thought for us? Yeah, have a nice uh, F my life for us to close out on. Can't wait to hear it. Today, I checked my son's browser history as he's been acting strangely around his computer recently. I found several bizarre Google searches, including, but not limited to, unicorn dick farts, sharding kittens, and can you get AIDS from Asians? What the fuck is wrong with him? F my life. How do meme work? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, it's been great talking to you tonight. Oh, love you, buddy. Love you too. Toodles. <laughs>